Hi, this is Chris Adams, everyone. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm interviewing Amy Anderson, who is a fantastic lady and mom, a lactation consultant, craniosacral therapist, and chiropractor. She does home visits people and works at Health Journey Chiropractic in Fitchburg. She's a lactation consultant at Haumea in Sun Prairie, which is an awesome resource if you like yoga and babies and pregnant ladies and birth education and connecting with other women. Enjoy. Um, can you introduce yourself? Oh, yes. Um. There's peanut butter on my table. <laughs> I thought I cleaned it, and yet it's, it's not, nothing is ever fully clean. So I'm Amy Anderson. <laughs> um, I probably have peanut butter on my table, too. Uh who am I? Right. That's the question. Who are you? So um, as a person, I am a mother of four awesome kids. Ages? <laughs> Ages 18, 13, 11, and 6. Three boys and a girl. The trailer. Um, I have a husband, Brian, who works a lot. <laughs> and I'm able to uh, work part-time. Sort of now I'm working all the time, but working on different fun, creative things. Creativity. Oh, back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, yay. Yeah. So I'm a chiropractor, a craniosacral therapist, and a lactation consultant are my big three. Instagram. Um, oh, are you on Instagram? Yeah, I'm an Instagram just newly as of yesterday. Oh, my God. I'm an Instagram meme designer. <laughs> oh, my God. You have to teach me how to do it. Um, I'm still learning. It's an app. But I um, was asked by the music boosters, the DeForest Area Music Boosters, D-A-M-B. Uh, what are those? Damn. Um, <laughs> we basically, Damn. you know, every sport and every group that your kids are in, there's a group that raises money mm -hmm. to support the group. And I used to like push back, right? Like I don't want to sell my kids sell pizzas or whatever, but the schools just don't have the, money. the funding for the fun things. So the music boosters boost the music department. So choir and band and all the different choirs and bands. There's so many. And um, we raise money. And then we raise money for like instruments that are extra trips, bus fees. So how do you raise money in like the least annoying way, do you think? Uh, well, the we just did a mattress fundraiser interesting which was super interesting and seemed really odd to me um but we made about as much as we did last year volunteering at the football games the Badger so you're football just games. selling quality mattresses yeah you just show up the company sells the mattresses and you get a portion that's the best kind of fundraiser in my opinion uh-huh we just there for a day get yeah ready and then show up and greet people um, that's I probably like that. the least annoying. The other way, you know, selling pizzas, yeah, um, which is a huge fundraiser. It makes the most money. Does that make me sound like a total bitch to say what's no. the least annoying way to raise money for children? No. Oh, I think the actual least annoying way is the thing I've maybe you've seen it going around where like you can check a box where I really feel like I want to support you, but I don't want to sell wrapping paper. Yeah, yeah. So check the box for a hundred dollars. That is better for me. Best way ever. And if it was linked to PayPal or Venmo, it'd be even better. Yeah. Because I think it'd be 
quicker. Because I think, too, it's not just like one kid going door to door. No. It's like 20 kids yeah. going door to door. So like first, first, first come, first serve. In your neighborhood. <laughs> I feel like that way with Girl Scout cookies, too. Oh, yeah. I just feel bad because it's like I'll buy two boxes or four boxes or whatever and then see literally like 10 other scout troops in different places yeah and you're like i'm like, sorry i already bought sorry some. they're so good those boy scouts are trained too girl scouts too but I, i've noticed this year with the um they sell popcorn popcorn sales so i always buy from this little group these little two brothers or these two boys yeah they're brothers and um they are like well and i'm like well i really don't like microwave popcorn because like I want to teach them lesson because that's bad for you right <laughs> and I'm like but really what are we going to eat we already have this huge tin of popcorn I'm like I'll buy that because it's the cheapest thing and then I'll just donate some money and <laughs> and you know I'm in my head I'm going through all this this is how every decision is made for me which is exhausting but like okay so they're not good for you they don't have organic mm. they're peddling stuff from little boys where does the money go like all these things I'm like I'm just gonna buy some popcorn from these little boys <laughs> but it's like so you girl. land on I'm curious about this because I do this too. Okay. You land on, on forget all that, trying to be a better person in the world and like create a healthier <laughs> just for world. Just little boy. Right. Just forget all of that. Forget all of that. I'm just going to help this one person yeah. get the money they want. So they can get a, lo- lo- a big, huge Lego toy is the prize or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you go through that <laughs> process every day like I do where it's like help the planet, help the gut biome <laughs> versus be practical and save money. Save money. Grocery shopping is a biggie, mm-hmm. right? Oh. Like if I go by myself and I have time, it could be hours because I'm like, well, okay. So this box of cheddar bunnies, which is organic, is this amount of money. And these goldfish, which my kids really like the best. Everyone uh, loves why? goldfish crackers. I've never liked cheese crackers. I don't understand it. I don't cheese. It's none uh, of it. But the store brand is not as good, and the organic doesn't taste as good. No. So they're not going to eat it. So that I'm going to end up donating it or letting it go bad, and then throwing it away. So what do I buy? I buy the goldfish. I buy the goldfish. Yeah. Yes, I do the same thing, and I think I think I I'm getting to the point where, for instance, my vehicle. It's mm-hmm. a minivan. Right. I want a hybrid mm-hmm. minivan that costs 10 times more than what I can pay right now. Right. But I feel like what are the choices I have based on where I'm at financially and the culture that I live in and what it's offering? There's some limitation there. Right. That if I were if it were 15 years ago, I'd be really mad. I'd be like Mad at yourself Why, for the choices. I'd be mad at myself for the choices. Why aren't I in a better position financially? And I'd be mad at the society that's not offering the things that we need to make this place better. Right. All minivans should be hybrid. Correct. So, you know, the I've been reading, I, I bought a used um, Prius, which has been my dream car. I let, I let go of the green Mustang years oh. ago when I like started waking up about oh, the environment. Do you really have to let go of that <laughs> completely? I know. So I got my little Prius and it's wonderful and that engine has been just proven for it's been i think 2001 or 19 whatever that they've made the same engine same everything and it could be made in a larger scale yeah a minivan isn't it in europe don't they have hybrid in europe they have some yeah yeah but they're so expensive right prius are not expensive no it's not the technology what is it 
that it's marketing to, I think, people that are, the assumption is that if you, what, want to take care of the environment and save money on gas and not, that you have a lot of money uh-huh. and you, it's only elite people that would buy it. So they jack the price up. I don't know. I don't understand the, I don't understand it. I don't understand why we still have cars that run on gas. I know. Just, just purely at all. Yeah. I've seen a ton of little leafs around, you know, the electric oh, yeah, car. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you're limited by that if you are going for longer drives. Yes. Right? Like so, a long road trip or and something. And I did see that Chrysler offers a minivan in the United States. That's a hybrid. But who wants to buy a Chrysler? But it's a Chrysler <laughs> and it's not a proven. It's like you have to plug in. So oh. it's part electric, part gas. Well, if you run out of gas, uh, you're pretty much done. Whereas with the Prius, you have a little stored you know, yeah. energy. Yeah. And it was $60,000. Oh, my gosh. That is So you're outrageous. not going to save gas for many years. And it's a Chrysler, so it's not going to last that long anyway. That's insane. But, yeah. I mean, our Toyota minivans will go for a long time, I think. Forever. Yeah. I'm thinking about selling mine, though, because I want cash to pay off some debt. Right. We talked about that. Yeah, which is hard, right, like to make that decision. I know, because I really like it. I really like your van. It's like mine upgraded. I want to... Um, get it detailed though because my literally it feels like I drive it for a day my kids get in the car and it is immediately like a shit show and Mm -hmm. then the next day I'll like straighten it up and throw out the garbage and I try to enforce it every single day I'm like take your backpacks out of the car take your sweatshirts take your garbage everything they need reminding every single day to do the things that I ask them to do every Every single single day. day Like, we always brush our teeth and get dressed Every and eat breakfast. Every day. Or, what's the, okay, we get dressed. Yep. Then we eat breakfast, <laughs> and then we brush our teeth all the time. And I can still, underneath the seats, it's just wrappers mm. and fruit chews and cheddar bunnies. Hot Wheels cars <laughs> and cheddar bunnies. And yes. Well, the, the cheddar, cheddar bunnies, bunnies were on sale. Because they didn't eat them. Because they, right. they weren't Pepperidge <laughs> Farm. threw them under yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> totally Aww. and just like wedged in between um I have a friend who uh got arrested for pot when he was when we were in our 20s and he had a baggie and he shoved it his hand he was handcuffed but it was in his back pocket so he shoved it in between the seat yeah um the seat base and the back of the seat of the back of the cop car so they didn't catch him for what he had I feel like that's what my kids do with like the stickiest <laughs> of their food like, oh yeah I've got a couple extra of the gummy worms I'm just gonna save Cliff it for later bars and and because literally when you fold those seats back oh yeah it's I, just uh some falls out but most of it just sticks to the seats it's right it is disgusting okay. um there was this guy Darren I will not share his last name <laughs> who I ran into so I, I stopped going to college after a year and a half because it was just, I was depressed. It was just the wrong place for me to be. So I moved back home and I started hanging out with um, stoners and just partying all the time. And um, there was this guy, Darren, who in great, I, I knew him since middle school. Okay. And in middle school, I was the, in the like accelerated smart kids. Okay. And of course, everyone was grouped by how they did academically. Right. They were different sections. 
um, like you're in, I think it was like seven one or seven two. So or your school had a totally different track for people. Different classes. Wow. Different teachers sometimes, and literally like in the yearbook, your class was seven one, seven two, seven oh. three, and okay. the academic. Everybody knows it's not like everyone knows yeah. who's in what group. Super healthy, uh, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, for everyone. And so back then, Darren was one of the kids that was horrible to kids that were perceived to be smarter. Okay. And um, he was in like the cool, edgy, uh, bad boy group kind okay. of. And so coming back to this, you know, seven or eight years later, and actually hanging out with him, I was because by then I had gone from academically uh, excelling, which I, I never really dropped that part, but I also became a party girl as well. Okay. So I was able to straddle you both worlds. Both yes. <laughs> and which gave me a really cool view of how things were kind of operating. But, anyways, the conversations that we had were so interesting because he was like, I, because I would be like, you know, it was really hard being in those groups because the whole school hated us and it was so obvious and we were isolated and right. no one wanted to be with us. No and you one maybe wanted to, wanted to be friends with people in group one or two, mm -hmm. but you were in three, so. Yep. And, um, and he was like, well, you guys are all snobs. And you didn't want perception. to hang out with us. Total and perception. Yes, right? total perception. Wow. And maybe he was feeling lesser than based of on how the structure was set up. Right. And thinking that we were putting ourselves on a high horse. And in the meantime, we were like, everybody hates us. Everyone we're hates smart. us. Yeah, right. And so it just was, it was one of those things where it made me feel like, the structure that's in place is not conducive to making connections or it's not. So you realize that when you were in seventh grade or more when you came Later, back from college? After college. Okay. Which is still pretty early to recognize that, I think. Well, I feel like having these conversations, it was just like blatantly obvious. Right. You know, it was like, uh -huh. well, it wasn't necessarily our fault as 12 and 13 year olds no. that we couldn't find connection across Right. academic standing right the way that things were set up where did you go to school um illinois palatine okay. it seems like they were trying to improve on the older system like probably when our parents went to school where like girls had separate gym oh like okay maybe my parents but and that they had like the going to college kids and then they had the e you know shop kids probably Right. So instead of having that, they're probably trying to improve upon. But it's still all when you label it and people know what group they're in. It's like kids reading groups. Do your kids talk about that? No. I'm level Z now with. Oh, no. It's only me and so and so. They know that it's A to Z, mm -hmm. even in like second grade. So did you get labeled and did you carry the label with you? Yes. Did you have to consciously shake the label at some point? And I what don't was think, your label? I think, so I was a jock brain. A jock brain? Yeah. What was your sport? Or a brainy jock. Um, I did basketball, volleyball, softball, and then track. You did? Yeah. 
That's everything. I think that's pretty much everything girls could do. Yeah. I mean. We didn't have soccer. Can you believe that? We didn't have soccer. Even as like, I didn't learn how to play soccer till senior year in high school for gym. Huh. Thankfully, I hate that sport. I mean, playing it. I like watching it. Hmm. But yeah, I wasn't a great athlete. Um, but I tried really hard. I think I was very insecure. I know I was very insecure in my athleticism. Basketball, volleyball, track, track, softball, softball. Yeah. And then I was also a bando. And band. Yeah, band geek. And love the bandos. And insecure, but yeah, band seems like a really good group for people who with insecurities. Yes. Oh my gosh. For myself and for, I mean, I saw it with Dustin. And he didn't want to stick with band. Your and son. I, yeah, my oldest. I And he's in college now and he's in band. I'm just, I wish I would have. I know, I'm like, oh, thank you. Uh, but it's his people. Yeah. But he knows his people. He is an introverted gamer, which is going to school to become a game developer. Oh, really? Yep. That's his dream. Go for it. Yay. And band. He wants to maybe do a minor in music. Thank you. So anyway, that was such a good group for me. Um, I, I feel like I felt like I was between all of the worlds, though. Like I had my band friends, right? I uh-huh. had my good friends from grade school, one one from grade school. And I had my band friends. And I had my, I wouldn't say I had brain friends. <laughs> it's lonely at the top. And then, <laughs> and the, yeah, and then your sporty friends. And they change from different sport to sport. So like you kind of get in with your people and then that's over. And then there's like the, like you're not hanging out with that person. So how girls are like, well, I haven't seen you or, yeah, I always just always felt that turmoil all the time. It's heavy. Uh Like, why didn't I just realize like how freaking awesome I was? Like, like, and I was tall and I was fit and what is that? Why, why do girls have that? I don't know. I always thought I was overweight. Same. And I wasn't. It's a culture of when we grew up. I I was tall and I was bigger. Yeah. I was, you know, the. Well, they had centers in basketball. No, I don't know what they're called. But Do you think it's because of, um, when did MTV come out? Um, I think I was in, I don't know what year, but I think it was middle school. I so want to like say middle school too. 80s? I've been thinking a little bit about that with oh. Madonna and like some of the girl bands. And we had it in print, like Cosmopolitan and... Mm-hmm. Um, tiger beat or whatever oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. you need to tiger look beat. look a certain way and the the people that you see on screen even then I think were skinny yeah petite, really skinny yeah beautiful right I like to say symmetrical like yeah oh very yeah they had symmetrical the yes right and big features and just this is how you were but somehow our, our and I think when MTV came out it was like this is cool. Yeah, you can be a little edgier. Uh-huh. And the girls all It was middle school. Still, like Madonna to me was like the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen in the world or the girl that was in the thriller video. Oh yeah. She was so yeah. beautiful. And she could dance. And she used she was like a Playboy bunny though, wasn't she? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure she was. And so I feel like all the images, but it was right at that time when all the the media was sort of changing and really booming into this whole new genre. And I feel like somehow that played into, because every single person my age, that's a woman had low self-esteem. And like, for me, I had like body dysmorphia. I could not see myself accurately at all. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds the same kind of for you. I think mine has switched 
which is great, but also a little bit not great for becoming more fit, which I would like to do. Well, you love yourself now. Right. So, uh, you know, as a kid, right, or as a teenager, early 20s, all of it, I'd look in a mirror, look in a window and be like, oh, man, you know, that's my butt's big or my belly or whatever. And now I'll look in the mirror, I'm like, I'm looking good. And then I'll see a picture. I'm like, oh, my God, I wore that. What the hell? But I, I mean, I just know, like, but we all look at ourselves a little, well, a lot more pointedly than we would look like. I would look at you every day and say, you look amazing. And, you know, you probably say the same to me. I'm like, oh, my, I'm bloated. Yeah. Or, I don't think boys and men really do that. Some do, for sure. For sure there are some. I've got a son that's very, very, has always been very self-aware and self-image and a little bit hmm. um, doesn't want to show himself. So in all your training, is there some reason why females are like or that? women those who identify as women right. do. I'm trying to remember if that was discussed. I read a book called The Female Brain. Okay. And there's a counter book called The Male Brain. It's a shorter book. Uh-huh. That's a joke. Anyway, <laughs> it is a shorter book, though. It's true. Um, I was automatically going, as soon as you said The Female Brain, and then there's a book called The Male Brain, I was automatically going, I literally, like, just the other day, bought two books about, one is, like, the female multi-orgasm and the male multi-orgasm. So like, I was just like, way Whoa, over, over here. here. That's why I you got other your things joke. on your brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That was a yeah. good joke. Though. So I do think it was addressed in that book and it was all, you know, functional MRI. So they show where people light up in certain areas because of different things and how we receive love and give love and blah, blah, blah. But that was the adornment part. We were talking earlier about like, when you go out in the world mm-hmm. with an intention of attracting somebody into your life, uh-huh. you put your best self out there, which might mean makeup, which might mean hair. I remember, oh my gosh, the teasing. I love to tease hair. Uh-huh. Like getting ready for youth center dances. Uh-huh. Oh my God. So much fun. <laughs> I won't say out loud what we did, but. Were you in a small town? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, pretty small town. Sun Prairie. Yeah, it was probably smaller then. Yeah, the high school, I think, maybe, uh, 300 or so, probably like DeForest now, 300 mm-hmm. some graduate class. Um, that was, for me, I was so nervous to put myself in front of boys, but all um, I wanted to do was dance with a boy, but I was mortified oh. to even talk to them. Mortified. I couldn't have a conversation with a boy. Now I'm fine. But um, when did you cross the threshold of not being able to, to being able to? Probably after kids. Ah. Because you have to you have to stand up for them. Yeah. So your voice, I, for me, really came like, ooh, I, I got to take care of that. I can't let that one go. You know, like just let it go, brush it over. I have to go say something to somebody and yeah. have a hard conversation. Do you think, too, um, there's something about the process of um, – shedding a whole bunch of bullshit when you give birth and like Mm -hmm. really just being in the most vulnerable position that you can be while also being the strongest you can be at the same time sort of after that right at least for me it was like wow there's a lot less to worry about now in terms of I got who I can be in the world (laughs) right yeah there is something that transformation I think for me, was more 
letting go of control. Yeah. Because my first birth, you talked about birth stories. My first birth. Please tell. So I, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, you know, thought I'm a chiropractor. I'm getting adjusted. I'm doing all the things that I help the world with and I'm eating great and I'm working out and it's going to be a great birth. I've got a midwife. I'm having a home birth. This is going to be fantastic. And um, in the end, it was a long labor and I had everybody with me, but I was transferred to the hospital because of, I pushed, I think it was like seven hours. So he, when you say long birth, how, how long? Um, I think overall it was like 26 hours if I start when it started. So but you like, were at home for I was at home like 18 hours before you started pushing in like, um, active labor. Know. The active labor was from like midnight to when we transferred and the pushing was, you know, That's the last seven hours. A lot of time. I mean, there's some fun parts of the story, but <laughs> the transfer was interesting. I There were tons of people in our apartment, like, because but, we thought she's pushing. So people came oh, to, you know, really? visit the baby. Who did you want to be there? Um, I don't think I knew uh-huh. who I wanted to be there, but people kind of called people. So it ended up some family members and... It, you know, got really intense You're at the end. Me. They weren't in the room necessarily. I know, but that I, I, I'd be like, everyone get the fuck out. <laughs> I guess I didn't know they were there <laughs> until there was a part where my mom came in the, you know, your vision when you're pushing is just really, really narrow. And I saw her in the doorway. It was dark in the room and I saw the light behind her and I could just tell she was super worried, which that freaked me out. Sure. You don't want anyone worried when no. you're birthing. No. And there were some other people there that were like, we got to go. This is too much noise. And you know, it's too intense. Who so, was with you in the room? In the room I had my husband, Brian, my good friend, Kate, who was acting as my doula. Uh-huh. Um, other friend, Vicky, and the midwife and her assistant. Oh boy! So that's was a crowd. It two midwives were there. It was a big crowd. It was a big. Were you in a tub? For parts of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, for parts of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna put a plug out there for Nasala Kombucha. Oh sure. So Ala is one of the owners. There's two. Okay. Um, Vanessa and Ala. And Ala was a home birther as well. And she lent us the tub because she didn't get to use it. So anyway. nice. (laughs) Yeah. So that was just like a really great memory, a great connection. And I still think she's pretty awesome. So you liked having a crowd in your room of people who were supporting you? Yes. You know what? I don't think that I planned that many, but it was a lot of people needed. And then there were more people out in in that room. You didn't even know they were there. (laughs) I didn't know they were there. It was just like. Yeah. It was, it was pretty Well, crazy. if you were pushing for seven hours, where did your mind go to? Where, did you feel like marathon runner type mind where it's like you just try to get to the next breath? It's like you just try to get to the next breath. I just knew he was going to come out. You just knew. And, and then, you know, like, I guess I didn't know I had that much endurance. Yeah. Um, but he was just asynclitic, so he, was, he would Which come is? down. It's so when their head is coming out a little bit, tilted so they're not presenting the part of their skull that Ah. comes out easily they come out kind of sideways with their head and that doesn't fit so it's like a rectangle coming through a square hole almost like trying to right it's actually like oh yeah like that kid's toy 
So it's the it was it's an oval trying to go in the oval hole, yet you're trying to stick it in the circle hole, uh, and you're like, yeah, I can't yeah, get yeah. it. But he would like get he was he was he wanted Close. to come out. He was down there, you know, ten centimeters. Uh. But, um, so we went to the hospital. And in an ambulance or in, in the car? back of my grandpa's station wagon oh, that sweet. had been transported, transporting sheep. So there was some oh. hay. So it was very biblical. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was the hard part. Like knowing that I was going to the hospital to get a cesarean, I just knew. And it must have felt like he was ready, oh, like he, literally a bowling ball between your legs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was how ridiculous. is this not out? Yeah. yeah. It was pretty hard. Um, so yeah, so then we went to the hospital and there were some things, but he was born, you know, via cesarean. And, he was. Yeah. And, um, you know, my world was crashing down. Like everyone truly says, we're so glad he's here and you're healthy and he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not fucking healthy at all. Yeah. Like my eyes were bulged out, bloodshot. I burst all these blood vessels and, oh, God. you know, and, and I felt the judgment of like, you should have left earlier and. You know, there's all the should haves and could haves that I did say, myself. Was someone saying you should have left earlier? A lot of people. Yeah, when you get the buzz of the talk, like family. And they're not mm. saying it to be judgmental. That's not very helpful. Right. But they're just saying, oh, you know, the midwives should have got you to go earlier. And I'm like, I had a choice the whole entire time. Like, yeah. It was my choice. Um, and we didn't transfer until I started to have some symptoms of preeclampsia. Oh. Just because I was pushing for so long but oh my gosh that's a long time his heart rate was great the whole time mine was fine like all the markers of a healthy birth were there so it was a really good learning um thing it took a long time to recover from like it really hit me hard mentally like I have no control no matter what I do Uh, I might as well just do this I might as well do that because the outcome is going to be whatever the outcome is going to be that's which is heavy but also very heavy also though that can turn into freeing like well you know I I'm gonna take care of myself because I, I want to be healthy <laughs> you know yeah. I'm not gonna just eat Cheetos all the time and drink <laughs> margaritas and stay up until midnight you know all those things so it came back around but I think the life and death of birth really hit me yeah um and then I had a miscarriage which sunk me into like a huge oh my gosh crappy how soon was the miscarriage after this experience not soon. I think Dustin was three and a half or four. Three and a half, I would say. Yeah. And it was um <laughs> it was a pretty traumatic miscarriage. It was pretty uh-huh. like like a lot of blood and there were people I was at a hotel, oh, I was God. with my people and they had to like see it. We had to protect Dustin from seeing me. It was uh, that was ridiculous. So anyway, that ended up being um like a big hit. More, more, more so than the cesarean. So I think it just kind of. Well, it kind of. What you were saying about. Um, it's weird. It's like this juxtaposition. I don't know if that's the right word of. Powerlessness. Mm-hmm. And. You can take every step, every measure. And somehow mm-hmm. what's going to happen is just going to happen. Right. And where do you fit in? Like, where's your free will and all that? And where's your... Right. I don't... It's that whole, you know, is it spirituality? Is it religion? Is it whatever it is? I don't love the saying it's God's will because I think that doesn't help people when their loved one dies of breast cancer. Right. I don't think that's God's will at all. (laughs) People dying. Yeah. I don't think that's even a part of it, but... Or whatever you believe in, but it does kind of 
now in a spiritual way almost just kind of free you up of like you know you do your you live your life of loving people uh-huh. <laughs> and caring for people and how, whatever you do in the world and just know that the outcomes are going to be what you can't guide them you can you can't change outcomes you can guide I guess uh-huh. letting go of control like I'd like to move to Colorado yeah. so I can guide myself there uh-huh. but if I don't get there or if it just doesn't work out or we move there that's that's the control but what happens there is not the control I have no control. For some reason, I, I sometimes my brain goes into thinking that um, there's an order to the universe, but birth is something separate. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it do, like, that doesn't make any sense at all, but it's like. The beginning and the end of life is, yeah, we, it's not a control thing. We don't It's have not control. a control thing. Whereas if you exercise every day, you're going to get in shape. Right. If you take good care of yourself and do everything you're supposed to do during pregnancy, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a the vaginal birth. Correct. Yes. Correct. That's the part where it gets very confusing for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. what's the other thing that's at work here? Right. Is it some lesson that we're, we're like the birth is a gift to give you a lesson specific to you? I totally needed that lesson. You think so? I 100%. Yeah. Hmm. It, you know, that wasn't... <gasps> I just got goosebumps. Oh, <laughs> me too, kind of. Um, <laughs> because... I don't, I don't know when I came to that, but it's just like, I needed to learn, maybe it was after the miscarriage. I needed to learn that I can't be so tied to the outcomes and that the outcome actually was good. You know, he's a healthy kid. And, mm-hmm. But in that having to let go of all the control and have like the worst case scenario in my head was a cesarean at the time. Never even address that as a plan C. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I have to address all the plans or just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and letting go of the control really is good for me. Cause I am definitely like a control freak. I think that's what kids have done for me too. Yeah. Um, especially after having a few, <laughs> right. You know, the, the letting myself have more after a cesarean and then the miscarriage, it was never a thought for me. And I know it's different for every woman and that's, you know, we all have that choice, but I wanted to have a kid. Yeah. I didn't want to fix the miscarriage, right? Because you can't fix that. But I definitely knew I wanted to have more kids. So I knew I had to work through that yeah. fear. And that is a super big fear of loss then. Yeah. So you get pregnant and there's always this like, well, once you get past the, it was 13 weeks. Once you get past 13 weeks, you feel like, okay, I can breathe, which right. is bullshit. Yeah. Because you know that you can lose a baby at any time. Right. Even when they're not babies and they're out in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest thing to reconcile about having kids. Sometimes, oh, I, I just don't think about it. I can't live. Right. And that's probably the best way, but I've known people that have lost kids and you know, you, you just go on, but you don't go on the same. Yeah. Right. That's the biggest bullshit in the world. But yeah, I, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but the birth, the birth was, it was probably really good for me to have that. I think I would have been arrogant. Like ah, see what I did. Yeah. You all can have that too. All of my patients that are mamas and pregnant and I'm helping them. Like I would just be too, <laughs> positive and then so disappointed with the outcome for them interesting so it totally informed how you practice for sure and how I talk to women too and I feel that that's really helped me you know when women are facing because people come to me when they're trying to get their baby to turn so that it's not breach right or they're in a, a male position they want to turn head down and because you are a chiropractor yes and you work with and I do Webster technique, which is a technique that helps align the pelvis so the uterus is lined up. And so you that, can turn a breech baby? 
you don't turn the baby. You no. just line the pelvis up. Oh, okay. So if the pelvis is, you know, the outlet is a, is a oval. Mm-hmm. And if your pelvis is torqued, Oh yeah. The oval's twisted and now you don't have as much room for the head okay. to be in a good position. And all the muscles that connect also affect how the, the uterus is in there. All the ligaments that connect to the uterus are connected to the pelvis. So if you align the pelvis, then you align the uterus. So the baby can be in the best position. It can be, but sometimes they don't flip. So sometimes they come to you, they don't flip. You line up the pelvis, you do everything, the baby doesn't flip. Right. And then... So that's where I feel like I can help them come to terms with, I am having a cesarean birth, Ah. not a cesarean section. So Ah. what do you want from that? You know, like, instead of going in blindly and like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, like you're going to be like this and you can have your husband. You can also have someone else, you know, all the questions to ask to make it a birth because it is a surgery, but it it really, I have wished so much that I would have planned for it Mm -hmm. as a possibility, as a possibility so that I would know what the choices were. I made the choices that I needed to make when I was there. Yeah. um, Because I am not a person that would want to (laughs) see myself having a surgery. No. Well, if anything, too, did you, did they not put a curtain up? They put a curtain up, yeah. I've heard where that you can do a lower curtain and you can, I I just don't want to see any of that. Oh, thank you. Mm And it sounds like you, like the experience, you literally did every single thing. I mean, pushing for that long. Oh, we did all the positions, all the adjustment. We did everything. Yeah, there is (laughs) There's nothing you didn't do. And so then mm-hmm. it, it just, it had to have been right. some, I will use the word divine. It had to have been some kind of divine, like, hey, Amy, you really need this experience to kind of do what you want to do with your life. So yeah, I I totally get that. I, th- mm-hmm. I think that um, that's fascinating. Right. And, it, you know, to to talk about your, I love telling the kids' birth story on their birthday. Oh. It's just such a fun thing to do. And I didn't want to tell Dustin's birthday in a negative way. Yeah. I don't want his, like, I started the world in a negative way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you pick the good parts. and it, or, But you just tell it, like, it's just your story. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, my gosh, and then I went to a deep, dark depression. Although that may have happened. Right. <laughs> that's not maybe necessary to his birth story, right? And right. it's not because of him. Right. Like kids, that energy between a mom and her baby like that that's sort of a big deal that's when I (laughs) when I was pregnant with him I'm so not great with technology so we had like two computers and they run a network and I own my own business and I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I'd be in there I'd be like motherfucker I'm like oh my god one day you just hit me like all this kid's gonna know is like this angry feeling and swearing Mm -hmm. which is true a lot of the time in my life but maybe not with the angry feeling anymore like I like to swear but I'm not usually very angry (laughs) Yes, but I also feel like relieving the pressure, like the goldfish crackers, I cannot be yeah. a pristine carrier for this child. Every I can't, moment is not. I Every moment is yeah. not going to be, you know, the Garden of Eden and <laughs> there's no swearing, there's no um, right. eating of chocolate. There's I didn't no, pump gas with him. Yeah. So, so this is where, so I realize now how much anxiety, That's extreme. yeah, how much anxiety drove my pregnancy and yeah. my like 
but first years of his life first pregnancy maybe not unusual yep. for that um well and I just was really conscious of like the toxins in the room oh sure right? so like if I could limit what I ate you know I can eat organic I can buy things that don't have pesticides in them or on them right I can not use you know I just started they didn't have all the good natural deodorants then oh. so I started trying yeah I sweat so I have to have something yeah I mean I don't mind the sweating but like the smell of it um native works great I love but, oh my native. God, there's so many good flavors oh <laughs> Cami uses deodorant I want to put it, smells it on like... my neck you for can. perfume Ooh, I'm yeah. just I love how it smells yeah. I like the coconut vanilla yep favorite <laughs> um so you know I just was limiting all of these things that I I controlled what I could control uh-huh which was a lot of things to control, which is then how much of that is anxiety and, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, it cannot be pristine. No. Right. Hey everybody, just checking in for a sec. I just wanted to say if you are in the Madison area and you want some support postpartum or prenatal, that Amy is working at Health Journey Chiropractic in Fitchburg, as I said, and she does home visits. Home visits are the most amazing thing that you can have when you have a new baby or even when you're pregnant and you're, you just don't want to have to make an extra trip. I highly recommend trying out home visits and then she can get a feel for the household that you're living in. What kind of support do you have? If you need immediate support, then text Postpartum Support International, which is 503-894-9453. Or you can call them too. It's 1-800-944-4773. Postpartum Support International. Back to Amy. But so. pumping gas, that's... How'd you get away with not pumping gas? I think Brian would fill the car up. Oh, wow. He it. Yeah. That's crazy. I've never heard that before. Yeah. I read, you know, somewhere because the fumes are benzene and they're carcinogenic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. it. It. So I realize now that that sounds kind of like over the top, but that's where I was. I think. I was over the top. It could have gone another way, you know, if you really had postpartum, it could have gone to the extreme like never leaving my house. Yeah, yeah. like agoraphobia or yeah. not wanting your baby to be touched by anyone. Right. Or... right, and at the time I really wasn't a germaphobe, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I am a full-on believer in the power of breast milk, right? So like the best thing, the best compliment my mom ever gave me was um, after we had had him, you know, a couple of weeks in, and she had come over probably bring us food or something, and she says, how did she say it? You're just really a natural at this. You just really know what you're doing. <gasps> oh, music to the ears. And the only thing I felt like I was doing right was breastfeeding. Oh. Right? So, because I thought, you know, I was still in that, like, oh, my God, I failed at birth and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So sh- that was, like, the biggest compliment. And that made me, like, super confident. Like, okay, yeah, I know what I'm doing. This is good. And, you know, that's another reason I became a lactation consultant. Uh-huh. There are a lot of reasons, but that I just want to support women because – I really want to support women that are having a hard time with breastfeeding. Yeah. Obviously that's when they seek someone with, sometimes it's a simple positional thing uh-huh. and that's great. That's, that's easy, but it's not just easy because you're like, well, how long our world is so much like, well, once they're a year, give them cow's milk, <laughs> right? Just, just that alone. Yeah. 
to me is so um, absurd. Like, don't do that. And you know, <laughs> and we judge women for being up at night with their babies. Oh, you need to sleep train them. Well, they're breastfeeding though, and they're doing mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do, and it's totally normal to wake up two or three times a night when you're breastfeeding. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great for the mom, but in a way, it is, right? Um, and how to support them through the hard parts, or they can't breastfeed for a reason. So how do we get some donor milk? How do we get little bits of that good antibody stuff, you know, just to help I will them. say too, particularly with breastfeeding, it feels, so I had some issues after Brayden's birth, first birth, where I was just shell-shocked from the pain. It was like, mm. wow, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to die and I'm still here. pain, yeah. Now I have a baby. And <laughs> <laughs> Shit, now I got to get back to work. <laughs> oh my God. And that some... The first few weeks were really intense, and I was not having a great time breastfeeding. So I went to see, um, oh, her name starts with an A, and Adria she used to work. With, it's not Adria. Anna, Adria. Oh, okay. She used to work at the Madison Birth Center. She's um got like curly hair. Azani. Yeah, maybe the the midwife at the birth center. Yes, yes, Azani. Yep. And she, first of all, the feeling of um. I literally have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. I don't know what he's supposed to look like. I don't know how much he's supposed to be getting. I don't know um, why it hurts. I don't Mm -hmm. know. And to have someone there who's just so calm and so soothing and, well, let's try lying down or let's try, you know, Mm -hmm. the relax. I feel like breastfeeding help, you cannot get it from a book. Mm-mm. And you can't get it from online. Even it's online, one you of can't the things it. you have to have a woman in the room, right? Just for the personal connection mm-hmm. and like that history of, look, there's a science to this. You don't automatically know what it is, right. but I do, and, and I, I can help, help you. you. And I'm here to help. It's that interpersonal connection yeah. more than anything postpartum that I feel like, particularly with breastfeeding, is so critical to get in that loop of sort of that endorphin of the oxytocin I can yes Mm -hmm. I can do this I can do this and it's not automatically there Mm -hmm. for I mean it wasn't there for me I assume it's not there for a lot of people not even 50 percent yeah it's easy or you know easy-ish it's never easy but like natural and I get it we get it like Mm -hmm. right away we get it that's why I love doing house calls Oh, so like it's with, perfect. with chiropractic and craniosacral, it's sort of hard to do house calls. Well, it's just not real efficient, but breastfeeding is not an efficient kind of mm-hmm. game, right? Like when I do that, that's more of a, well, it's kind of like what I love to do. So in uh, it's ideal right away. Like I want to know, I want them to know to call me right away. Yeah. I'll come right away. Right. Like you had the baby Sunday, you're coming home Monday or Tuesday. Okay. All right. I can go to the hospital for lactation consulting. I can't for chiropractic and uh-huh. you have to have rights to the hospital, but, um, I go to their lactation consult yeah. sometimes and that's the best thing. And because you get all the different information, the lactation consultants are great at the hospital, but also it's sort of some of them. Um, but you get different information from each one, uh-huh. which is complicated. I think if you sit with a woman for a couple of hours, yeah, especially in her house and see the support she has, yeah, what pillows? Do you, have, what pillows do you have? Well, I mean, like, like where's your bed and people who's here? support? Yeah, she's got you know three other kids running around. Oh right, and dad had to go back to work after mm. a week or whatever, and she's just like, okay, so stress is an issue. Yeah, you look at the latch, everything looks great. So how do we manage that? That's us. That's a subject that's hard to breach. Broach, breach. 
attend to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Sylvester that makes up words on Looney Tunes when you can't say it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just to kind of see where they're at. And then check in. Because when you get the um, the messages, I get Facebook Messenger questions for uh-huh. lactation a lot. It can help, but you just have to be there to see right? what is the baby has been crying for five minutes before they go to the breast. They're not going to breastfeed well, mm-hmm. but the baby's laying there and we're talking and baby's like, you know, doing some of the signs like this is when you start. So, um, in terms of gauging from what you're saying, it sounds like postpartum, if you had to pick hmm. between having, um, like a doula type support or a cons like lactation cult. That's not exactly a doula, but same vein kind right. of before birth or after, what do you Ooh. think would be more important if they could only have one, if they could only have one after I was thinking the same thing. I mean, because we're all focused on birth and birth and birth. And yeah. it's this huge moment in time, yeah. huge moment in time, not to dismiss the power of it, but you had this baby for the rest of your life now. And you have no freaking idea what you're doing. <laughs> Unless you do. But even if you do, if it's your second kid, you still, that maybe the first one didn't press feed well, or you had to do this or that, and you just assume it's not going to go well. It might be the easiest thing ever. So that's when we need the most support. Well, you And the food. People to bring food. Yeah. That's always my answer. I I think I agree, because I think the, um, especially with the first, the transformation cannot be overstated. And all like the doubts and hesitations and the physical recovery mm-hmm. regardless of how you birth right and then do you have yeah like do you have support and then also some people aren't necessarily journaling about their birth or right. like getting that emotional catharsis to as they go through the flow birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the lack of sleep and then so it's sort of like if there's ever a time for support because the emphasis is when pregnant women are pregnant they're treated really well Mm -hmm. you know and then as soon as you have the baby everyone's like what a sweet baby (laughs) baby and you're like uh can't get off the couch right now yeah could you go pee for me right (laughs) or whatever yeah so having that support after feels so critical but i don't know if it's quite emphasized um the way i would like it to be in medical circles not in medical i think it's getting better in our community madison is a very progressive birth Mm -hmm. world thank i mean as far as support yeah i don't necessarily think in the hospitals it's progressive they're trying i think they're getting the labels of baby friendly and mother friendly Mm -hmm. it's still birth and hospital which isn't necessarily a horrible thing but your choices become Mm -hmm. you have to make a lot of choices (laughs) you let go of some control yeah and i think if it were okay, for the first two months, you'll get a home visit instead yeah. of having to go to the office or the clinic. Yes. Oh, that yes. would be, that was one thing really that, nice. so we had midwife births. Well, for all of them, but not the last one, um, because Dr. Mallory, um, offered a home visit before. Oh, is that correct? For sure. A home visit after. So the first baby checkup That's really nice. is at the house. And that was perfect. Amazing. And that's where um, Kim Rain is a person that I've known for years. We actually had a 
home birth cesarean support group. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like a few women that we, you know, would meet for the first, I think like three years of our boys' How lives. How did you find that group? Um, we were all with the same midwife group. So we were in all in the same home birth baby or pregnancy groups, right? And then okay. all had similar, not similar, but I think we all, yeah, we all had transport or a cesarean birth instead of a home birth. So if someone were looking for a support group. So we made ours they, up. You just. We made it up. Talk to a midwife and they're like, oh, I know these people or. Well, we just knew each other and we're like, just we need to get other. together. Okay. Because we're such a specific. Yeah. Support needed. And it was, it was, it was great. That helped me so much. Anyway, Kim um, is also. A nurse, and she's also a labor support person. So uh-huh. she was assistant at our third birth, which is home birth. Mm. Yeah, our third was a home birth. And then she also, yeah, and then she came as a follow-up with the midwife. I'm getting the births confused. That I'm going back in circles now. But anyway, she came with and said to me, you know, I was nursing Ben, who was a spitter, <laughs> and but otherwise a happy baby. And um, she said... Have you always had a fast letdown? Oh. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Hmm. She goes, well, it's kind of like, you know, when you let down, it comes out like a fire hose. I'm like, I don't know. Is it not okay to squirt across the room and then come off? <laughs> it's a fast letdown. <laughs> so she's so good with words. I, I aim to be more good with words. You're very good with That's words hilarious. too. Very thoughtful. So I didn't, that kind of woke me up to like, oh, late, you know, breastfeeding support can be as simple as try this. Yeah. And it changed like how I fed him. It changed how I fed my fourth and wish I'd known it with the first because they all were like gassy spitty kind of. Yeah. Because it just came in so fast. And it just takes one person in the room who knows just, what they're doing. She just like said, I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm so dumb. Why did I know that? But you know, yeah, it was great. And so they came to the house. That was that visit. And then also after the fourth Dr. Mallory came to the house. So to weigh the baby, all they're doing is weighing the baby, really. Checking on you, you know, checking to see how you're doing together, seeing the support. You see so much more when you go to someone's house. Yeah. I've seen things, mostly wonderful, beautiful things, but sometimes I'm like, it's like you, you need a lot more help. Yeah. And having to say to some person, her support person that I don't know. Yeah. In a way that's authoritarian ish, like, this is what she could use. Uh-huh. This is what she needs. And you're comfortable doing that with I'm getting whoever. a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's not about me. Yeah. I have, you know, if someone doesn't say it, I, I have lived my life for so long not saying things about yeah. certain subjects. Um, and now I'm just getting better at tact. I'm, I'm all about t- tact. I don't know why you have to be tactful. I love going out to eat East out to eat with East Coasters. Oh, right. Because I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. They always get something for free because they complain about something. And then they're really like complimentary at the end. Like, I just don't even understand how it goes. But I think I'm better with you less words. You are Midwestern. Of, yeah. <laughs> so Midwestern. Mm-hmm. So being able to say it, I might hurt their feelings. And mm-hmm. that's okay. That's not the intention. However they hear it is how they hear it. So I'm getting well, better. Well, you're like the, the messenger. The messenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just facts. Like... Yep, these are the facts. She needs to wake up and feed the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it would help if you could do that. Like, it, it's interesting, and it's everyone's choice how they do it. I'm always interested, though, in, like, the idea of waking up and pumping while someone else feeds the baby a bottle so that you can get more sleep. It, 
if you're getting more sleep for real, like when a doula comes, if yeah. you actually have the milk pumped and you can sleep, that makes more sense than having a bonding time Yeah. for another person. They can have bonding time in another time of the day. Yeah. Because just keeping that, that, just that, uh, simply nursing through the night, keeping up your hormones and all that is just so important. But, and everyone does it. And that's what I'm learning too. It's myself. Like I can't push my way on them because that's not lactation support. Lactation support is this is what they want. Yeah. Same like doula. You can't make decisions for them. You can offer them choices. Yeah. So, and sometimes they don't think of it as like crazy and I'm thinking, okay, they're lack of sleep. They're thinking this makes sense. And someone's got to pull them out of the cycle. Yeah. And it's not like you're pushing your way on them to say, basically you're looking at the puzzle pieces and seeing which pieces are missing. Yes. And you're like, oh, this is missing. She's literally not getting more than an hour and a half of sleep at a time. Right. She needs more than that. Right. Or, oh, did you notice that she's not eating anything or right. whatever? Right. There's no snack piles next to the mm-hmm. couch where she sits. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. I like the, I like the puzzle. I like the puzzles. Same as chiropractic, craniosacral. Like what is... Because your opinion's not even, it's not even yeah. your opinion. It's no. just... These are the factors that need to be in place in order to have a healthy postpartum period. Right. Right. Yeah. Puzzles are fun. Thank you. That's, <laughs> I never really thought, like, you, could, you know, everyone thinks a little differently. And, you know, as when I'm being a chiropractor, uh-huh. I have to think, you know, what are the symptoms? What does that mean? What tests should I do? All the things that you need to do to figure out what's going on with their health picture. Uh-huh. Of course, the, the, always the red flags are the big things we're looking for which Mm -hmm. is mostly not the time you know it doesn't happen most of the time but being aware of that and then just thinking okay what do they need right now and what how do I need to do that like all these little puzzle pieces going on all the time it's great for a brain like mine I think yeah that's always going (laughs) (laughs) and and it's funny how I can actually focus when I'm at work Uh when I have another person's body in front of me I'm not thinking about you know like when I'm cleaning the house and I never get the house clean. Cause I'm like, I'll take this here and that there. And oh, what oh was I doing? God. And I was getting Don't on my phone. Tell me. I know exactly I was getting on my phone to about. pay a bill. Was it? Or was I going to text somebody? And I will literally start painting a room <laughs> and I will have started off by like doing the dishes. And somehow yeah, I, you're I, painting. End, I just end up. Which, yes. I love it, your colors. There's so. just no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's okay. Every not everyone lives their life a little differently, right? Mm-hmm. And well, that's why my house is never clean. I mean, I can never finish one thing. I attempt. I think my my attempt is more manifesting is just getting rid of so much of the I'll say stuff because my kids help, hate it when I say crap. Uh-huh. Get your Treasure, crap out of here. Treasures. Treasures. Oh, please. Is this a treasure? If not, let's get rid of it. <laughs> so I know it's a touchy subject. For, I have two little hoarders, so oh. we're working on that. And the other two are minimalist, so that's great. Oh, balance. I like that. And I would say I'm a combo of both so uh-huh. that's weird but um a, tr- a transforming hoarder <laughs> not really a hoarder just I don't want that much stuff um where was I going with that see it's just like how I clean my house <laughs> Shit, where was I going yeah don't I know don't know. <laughs> don't know either painting painting you, you know you're doing the dishes and now you're painting yep suddenly and that's how you get your stuff done and it may not yeah. always be everything all the way done I know what I was going to say. I had a thing the other day happen where I wasn't going to be able to get my daughter from school on time. Uh-huh. I should have called you. I was in Wanakee. I was in a hair appointment going long. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Your hair looks fabulous. Thank you. I love way. it. Um, pr- brand new person. She was great. Just a little slower because she's brand new. But she did a great job. Echo Salon, <laughs> Wanakee. So, um, <laughs> so she, I'm like, are we going to be done by this time? She's like, oh, no. I'm like, Okay, oh. I'm going to have to, so I'm texting someone because I don't get 
call a reception somehow in Wanaki. Most of the time, not text. Weird. It was weird. And I'm like, wait, I get, I'm on the internet. Okay, I'll, I'll send a message to the teacher on Facebook Messenger. But I know she's probably not going to reach it. So I'm like, so both of them responded. And it was too late to like, <laughs> so I had a manager from afar. Long story short, she got picked up. We met. It was great. It turned out wonderful. My friend really helped me out and the teacher really helped out. And, but I felt a little bit like I did something wrong. Uh, like I didn't go through the right channels because oh. I couldn't at the time. Yeah. And I felt like the mom that doesn't have her shit together. Oh. And I'm like, you know what? I am the fucking mom that doesn't have her shit together. <laughs> There's too many people. And even if it was one, I still probably wouldn't because I'm not that person. That has everything lined up on time. I try really hard to be on time for everything. That's who I am before kids, like half an hour early. Like bags are packed the night before. <laughs> That's yeah. who I was. I'm letting go of it, although it creeps in all the time. Like, But I, that helps me control getting out on time. Huh. Is getting shit ready the day before. You know, <laughs> so the, like the toaster waffles are ready and they're not out the front door. Like. <laughs> You know, like our stuff is everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, it's okay because kids can find food. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to um, put that into like lock it in sort of because the idea of having your shit together, I feel like it doesn't even exist to me anymore. I don't even know what that means as a mom. It's the same as balance, which is bullshit. Yeah. There's no balance. I don't. I, I like... I have what no... What does balance mean? <laughs> I mean, I know about... Ba- like, I can stand on one foot into a tree. That's great. I'm balanced that way. Yeah. Some days. But, like, work, life, you know, date night, kids are in whatever they need to be and they're where they're supposed to be. It, yeah. It feels like having your shit together means everything's always working perfectly all the time or something. Like, I, I can't... So I don't no even one... have a definition for it. No for, one really does. Who are those people? Like you see them sometimes. You're like, God, they have I shit have together. I have seen people like that, and I think I don't get it. I don't know how it works. Right. I saw. I remember one of our neighbors had a baby, and um, she already had two. I think that were under five. Okay. And I visited her. I think I brought her some muffins or something. Maybe three weeks after the baby was born, her house was immaculate. She had makeup on. All her children were napping at the same time, and she was awake. So she has her shit together. That is someone (laughs) who has her shit together. And I'm like, I just, I don't even understand. I I really don't. It Mm -mm. feels like a different planet completely from the planet I live on. Is she like a genuinely happy kind of person too? I didn't know her that well. Okay. She seemed generally happy, but... um, not someone I would dive deep into a heartfelt conversation with. Okay. Maybe a little surfacey. Right. But well, and that, I mean, that makes sense to a surface of house. Yeah. Right. Surfaces looks great. Looks great. Everything looks great. I don't know why I'm so skeptical though. I'm super like, skeptical. What's wrong with people that clean well? <laughs> Nothing. Why am I skeptical of people why that have ju- a clean house? I'm judging everyone with a clean house right now. <laughs> I always think that they probably have someone that cleans their house or that's all they do all day. I just don't know how, like with four children, literally, especially when they were younger, yeah. there's no, you can't have a clean house. Mm-hmm. I was just talking with someone about this. You, It's impossible. Well, if I did, I'd be really unhappy because I would be cleaning and, and I really Constantly. don't like it. Um, no. There's like, and I know it'll take me five minutes, but my bathroom is looking like 
ew. Yeah. Literally takes five minutes. I just, I don't want to do it. (laughs) (sighs) So, yeah. And I've hired people before. Um, I think it's a great thing to do. Like if you're going to have a party. Yeah. I'm going to spend the money and hire someone to do all the stuff that I don't want to do. The floors, the dusting. Yeah. And it helps. Oh, it's so worth it. I'm, I'm learning like that it helps people. I'm supporting a person that now has this extra money. And it makes you straighten up. And it makes you straighten up because they're not going to clean the floor if you don't clean That's it right. Yeah. You need to at least make piles of stuff. Yeah. Because they can't clean if your stuff is everywhere. Yeah, and I don't know why I've judged myself for, or other people for having someone that cleans their house. Why Why would you judge that? I, I don't know. I think I don't it's know amazing. What that is. We yeah. don't do that. We haven't. But, I mean, we've done it a few times here and there, but mm-hmm. I would love to get on a regular schedule because... It's so nice when your house smells clean. And when you walk in, you're like, oh "Oh." my God. I know. You're like, oh. And even if it's like they put a couple drops of lemon essential oil in the sink, you're like, oh, my house is so clean. (laughs) That's a trick. Things shine. (laughs) It tricks me when I turn on my little diffuser. I'm like, oh, it smells clean in here. Oh. Never mind. I must be a good housekeeper. (laughs) I'm such a good housekeeper. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, um, I liked seeing your food list. Because I've gone into other people's house that meal plan, and that's about what I do. I just write down what I'm oh. thinking is for the week. It's always pizza on Friday, you know, and it's mostly things like chicken tenders and this. And I always have to have a fruit because my kids hardly eat vegetables. Yeah. Which breaks my heart. Yeah. We do take some good, you know, Will they eat like a carrot? No. Well, Oliver will eat. I have one that will eat like a salad. Oh, my. Well, that's huge. It's, it, he's a great, healthy eater. Um, the rest of them, it's, you know, a few fruits. All right, well, take what you can get. Although, you know, I had lots of conversations with my son before he left for college about uh-huh. eating. Like, I'm not going to... There's a lot of things you can talk about, right? But he's he's pretty much a guy that stays in and doesn't party a lot. And I'm like, how do you stay healthy, right? You get outside, you get fresh air, you eat fruits and vegetables, you take your vitamins, right? Like, you get enough sleep. These were my discussions with him. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted him to send me a self. He does not do social media. I made him put Snapchat on his phone before he left. <laughs> so we Snapchat. It's kind of fun. That's so fun. But he sent me a picture that said, don't ever make me take a selfie again. <laughs> that was the, the first day of school selfie. I'm like, okay. I love that. And then my favorite was a picture of an omelet that had like leaves of green spinach on it. Ooh. And I said, I'm trying. And I'm like, <gasps> Holy crap. Oh, he's <laughs> Holy listening crap. to you. So I don't know if he's that's the only spinach he's eaten. Or if it was even eaten, but he's trying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. How sweet is that? We do sink in a little bit. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to let him go. <sighs> I can't. I mean, my oldest is nine. I can't even. Yeah. you. you don't, and it, there's no way you can imagine it, right? It's just like you can't imagine birth. I can't even imagine it. Um, it was hard for, it was really hard for two weeks. It was actually hard for the whole summer leading up to it. Like just that in my, oh yeah, even the whole senior year. And I've talked to so many moms that have gone through it and, and then just, they say, just expect to cry for a couple of weeks. And that's Aww. exactly what I did. Just random cries, you know? Yeah. And, and then it was okay. And now we chat a little. He's not a super chatty oh, person. God. We chat it a little. It feels like the end of an era. Yeah. But I'm super pleased how well he's doing. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Like he's finding his own people and like Aww. his own way oh like he's not nervous about speech class at all that must be so satisfying like, wow 
Yeah, I I don't think we can take a lot of credit for what our kids do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't because I mean, it's yes, all me. I will take the credit for the freaking spinach though, because <laughs> I'm gonna. But all the other things, yeah, they just find their own human. Well, you bought him the musical instruments that he needed, True. and you got Pretty him cheap to practice, he was a drummer. and you you did the work of getting him where he needed to be, right. and. So support, little... support. Okay, we can support supporting their interests. I think um, how I feel good as how I feel I'm doing well as a parent for me. What that means is they find what they like to do. Yeah. Right. Like I, we're not a hockey family. Brian played hockey. Like I think sometimes we push them into what we want. Yeah. Okay, I'm pushing them into music though. But I feel <laughs> like if you're not, if you're not going to be in a sport. I feel like you should be in a part of a group. So if Something. it's drama yeah. or music or whatever, and music is just an easy mm-hmm. thing to do. Um, so it, like helping them become what they want to be as a mm-hmm. human, I think is a good. And showing them options. like Yeah. Helping them get. Yeah. Yeah. Take, do you want to try this? Cause it is, it's tough coming out of high school if you don't have any interests, any strong I, interests. Yeah. I so think so. So it's nice to have at least one or maybe two that you're like, okay, I can take this with me. That's the initiative in the UW campus. Is it? It's called pick one. Oh, so they of it. really want students to stay at school for six weeks. Uh huh. Don't come home on the weekends. You know, I like it. Get involved with your floor and then pick one activity. So like Smart. there's, you know, sport, the kids that do it sports, that's easy. Yeah. Um, music, but whatever club just it's, it's pushed and that show they stay in school. Uh, like it's the, that's an outcome measure. I'm like, wow, that makes sense because they're involved and they yes. meet people. Connect. And, you have to connect. Yeah. Yes. So I love that. It's way different than when we went to college. It's, you're not alone. Oh, yeah. I felt a lot alone. Ooh. I mean, I knew my people, but going to this class, you know, nobody, no. you know, it was just a horrible experience for me. Where did you end up going? Um, I was at Michigan State. Michigan State. And Michigan I had no, State. I mean, I had a couple of friends, but I didn't have any interests or connections or activities. No. Okay. And I was like, how about we just get how drunk and smoke weed all the time? <laughs> Anybody? It's Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> so that was like yeah. a year and a half. And then what happened? I got depressed. Imagine that. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't connect, then you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't have it. Well, and alcohol definitely is depressant. It does not <laughs> If you're help. drinking it like a lot. And we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was Michigan State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not hard to find. No. no. <laughs> I don't think it's too hard to find it, especially the bigger campuses. Oh my God, UW. UW-Madison is just a party, party, party school. Yeah. There's some really smart people that go there, right? It's hard oh, to get yeah. in there. But it, I, I never would push it for the first couple of years of school. No, it makes me a little nervous. Yeah. I, I transferred my soft, or junior year to UW-Madison, and I was disappointed a lot in some of the big classes. Like, mm-hmm. literally, you're not learning. No. You have to go to the TAs, and you have to study extra, extra. and That's not hard classes. It's hard because there's a barrier of communication with the professor or just, yeah. yeah. But I like the smaller schools for that. And the connection, like you said, you, you're more likely to run into someone that you were, Oh, you're in my other class. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wish real badly. I wish I would have gone to a smaller school right off the bat, but then I wouldn't be where I am today. That's right. That's right. All those choices change. Learned a lot. Learned a lot. (laughs) Um, 
almost 11. Is there something else you want to talk about? Um, We didn't really talk too much about chiropractic work, but I feel like we got some interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I talk chiropractic all day. Not that it's boring for me. It's very interesting. (laughs) Um, I am excited about... I've just had this big, like, explosion. Well, you know, I changed where I'm practicing. And so... You know, I'm commuting a couple of a few days a week working for another person, and then I'm doing. I have a home office. Do you want to say who you're, where you're? Yes. Yeah, so I'm working at Health Journey Chiropractic okay. in Fitchburg, and it's a lovely little practice. Um, little meaning small, smaller um, space size, but I like that. I like the simplicity. I like how we're. I have a um, new employee, Rachel, who is also a yogi. And oh, fun! Super. We have just fun conversations, and it's just a really good feel. Yeah. It's a really good vibe. Um, I'm also doing home visits and that's kind of come and go based on like where the mamas are having the babies. And, um, I haven't had a lot of, well, I guess I have had people just cold call, but they were referral from someone else. Yeah. And that's more for the lactation consulting, but I, I'm pushing more information like yes, lactation consulting, but evaluation Uh to find out whether or not that baby is having a problem breastfeeding because of structural issues which becomes then more visits to their house or they can come to me. So you do chiropractic for the mom and the baby. Mom and baby. As well as lactation consulting. Yes. In home. Yes. On call kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm at Haumea. 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 And what are you doing there? Uh, I am the lactation consultant. Um, Right now I've filled in for um, a mom and baby group, which was super fun. Fun. Um, I'm just kind of there. Um, we're not fully, there's another chiropractor that's renting a space there. Um, and so she'll be providing chiropractic. Uh I think I want to provide again, more like the house calls, like more evaluation, um, lactation consulting, which usually is a couple of visits, right? It's not like repetitive. And then if they need more chiropractic, they can see Molly or they can see me at the other locations, Uh whatever works. So I'm just kind of all around the place. It is. You know, I, I feel scattered about, but in a good way. Yeah. Like I'm available here. I'm available there. Well, it suits your, it way suits your mind my, works. It suits my brain. Yeah. yeah. So that feels really good. And now I'm doing a little more creativity stuff with just trying to, I'm not trying to push away social media. I love social media mm-hmm. for like just mind numbing reading some information, but I know the information there isn't always great. I like the stuff that's backed by the research, but just to have a little of me. Yeah. That sounds weird. Just like, this is who I am. Here's so this little meme. <laughs> you mean on Instagram? Yeah, or? on Instagram, Facebook, you know, and, and... What's your Instagram, what do we call that? Name? Handle? I don't Instagram. know. I should find out. I don't know. I've been on there just to, as a lurker. Okay. Right, for a really long time, and now I'm just starting to put myself out there. But I think that... We're more going to do it for... Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Go ahead. We're more going to do it for the Health Journey um, Instagram page. I don't know if we have one yet. Um, Just to kind of get relevant information out there. I don't love getting stuff every day, but I know that's their... Amy.Anderson.1044. Oh, there I am. That sounds right. And then your health... Health Journey Chiropractic is the... Facebook page okay. and then I have a Facebook page Amy DC for kids oh okay which is just 
again, for information. I really don't know how to play the game of social media, so I'm just going to do it the way I. Same. I think I'm yeah. going to start a little Instagram thing as well and just do it how I want. It's just fun. And if people find it and they like you, great. Great. I mean, because I, so I wanted to be, I did take a little class. I shouldn't say I don't know how it works. But I took a class on social media through MATC. Oh, was it helpful? It was helpful and realizing that, whoa, like there's so many algorithms, so many things you have to do. And like, yeah, I don't uh, want that. Wow. Like, like that's really not what I'm looking for. But what I took from it, which is what I, how I feel about it is it has to be authentic and relative. Okay. The content, you know, this not just like, not just like. You know, did you know that so-and-so, you know, Coke is bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know soda's bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> People are ignoring the fact that they know that. Yeah. It's not that they're drinking Coke because they think it makes them healthy. Yeah. So relevant stuff, like new information or... Did you know we see baby? Like, some people don't know that we take care of infants, and here's why. Oh, uh, okay. You know, not just straight-up advertising. I just talked with someone yesterday. One of my clients came in, first time ever, getting a massage. Okay. He liked it. Yay. He's like, I feel great. First time ever. You're like, wow, how did you wait this long? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's always fun. Um, and he said that he's been growing his business using Instagram and okay. some social media. And he said what he does is he documents what he's doing hmm. and includes people in the process. Oh, and interesting. just remains consistent okay. and that that works. So that works for him? What does he... Oh, he does kind of business or? some kind of design work. Okay. And I'm like... Well, that sounds really easy and not intimidating at all. I could do that. Right. Like people are knowing that you're doing a podcast and that you. So I will take your picture behind the microphone before you you leave. And you're like, oh, that's who you had. Yes. That's super cool. Sounds simple. Yeah. I think the rules are just that you can do what works for you. I like those rules Mm -hmm. in everything. And people don't have to follow you. If they don't want to like you, they don't have to like you. And they can unfollow. It's super easy. Yeah. That's why I like Instagram. It's more information and more just light. Yeah. Where Facebook becomes... Very political. Too much. Yeah. And I don't read comments usually on Instagram, but I do on Facebook for whatever Uh. reason. And I'm like, eh, unfollow. You know, I just... It's just cleaner that way. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it was pushing it away. I know people that take a break from Facebook and Instagram and I get why, but I just like the activity of it too. I just, yeah. I, I'm more hesitant on Facebook. I use it because that's how I see events. And right. Yes. All that. I felt when I went away from it, I'm like, how do I know what's going how on? How do I know what's going on? Right. <laughs> there are other ways, but I, I just, just used to it. I just don't like the company. I don't like how they operate. I think they're extremely unethical. And Ooh, so it's just yeah. the whole, that whole thing of like, well, do you take the bad with the good? Right. Who owns Instagram? It's all goldfish crackers. It's all um. goldfish. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, yeah, goldfish crackers. <laughs> Thank you, Amy Anderson, for being one of my very first people that let me interview Yay, them. Thank you. I'm so glad that. Um, we did none of my talking points because this is way more interesting. We did do a birth story. Right? We did. We did. We did a birth story. But it is always a pleasure to see you. You too. Thank you. Thank you.